0: Good evening, good morning, good afternoon to those tuning into the show right now. Y'all know I'm your host, Tavares Wilson, and y'all know what I do. I always get the last word. So let's get back into it, man. So, episode two post COVID crisis yes, it was terrible, guys. I was going through it, I felt horrible, but I'm back at it, back in the flesh. Now that I feel much better now, I'm going to start uploading on YouTube as I wanted to originally start before I got COVID. So let's get right into it, though, man. Isn't really much for me to talk about the NBA news that I haven't already covered. Only thing I could think of is that I could give you all my opinion on how I believe this entire KD situation will play out. But before I get into that... I want to say, first and foremost, congratulations to Draymond Green and his wife. They got married, I believe it was yesterday. And I seen the pictures going viral. I seen the wedding pictures. I seen JC Taino, LeBron, couple of Warrior players there, like Steph. I seen, you know, I seen that stuff going viral. Beautiful to me. Breathtaking. I love the fact that you know these guys are showing people that this is more than just a game. Yes, we compete against each other. Yes, we, you know are battling to the end of the every whistle, every quarter, et cetera, but we still, you know, live our own lives outside of basketball. It isn't just about a game. You know, we still play this game and still have our own lives to live and make the loved ones we have in our lives happy. So I respect the hell out of that. And it was beautiful to me. It was a beautiful ceremony. They had, his wife had All black on with her dress. It wasn't, uh, you know, the traditional white dress and things of that nature. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. They looked phenomenal. Again, congratulations to Draymond Green. And I was glad to see a lot of NBA players in attendance for his wedding. Now, with that being said, there was a lot of topics going around recently that I've seen on TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, and stuff like that. Where Draymond Green was comparing, or drawing comparisons, I should say, To Dennis Rodman And the question was proposed By the Players' Choice podcast If you don't listen to those guys Be sure to check them out I listen to them on TikTok They make cool content Who was more important to their franchises Respectfully Is it Draymond Green or is it Dennis Rodman So is Draymond more important to the Warriors Or is Dennis Rodman more important to the Bulls And my answer to that is I think the answer is pretty clear cut I think it's Draymond Green Because for the most part Dennis Rodman, as great as a player he was, he isn't a playmaker, Jeremiah is. He can't handle a ball like Jeremiah can. He can't facilitate offense like Jeremiah can. Is he a better defender? Is he a better rebounder? Sure. You can, I won't argue against that. But at the end of the day, we have to understand something. What Jeremiah Green does for the Warriors is bigger than just play defense and rebound the ball, which he can do at a high level. He wants played defense at a very elite level. He's still a a good defender But he isn't what he once was But at the end of the day Draymond Green does And brings something Additional to the Warriors That no other player on their team does It's not just the playmaker It's not just the passing It's not just the off-ball screens And etc He brings an edge And a gritty player to them In which I think Every championship team Needs that kind of a player You look back at it You look at the past couple of teams who actually contended on one titles, whether it's the Bucks, P.J. Tucker, whether it's the Suns, you had Jay Crowder, whether it's who else we named, the Miami Heat, Jimmy Butler himself, two other guys, whether it's the Toronto Raptors. I mean, people don't look at it like this, but Kyle Lowry was kind of that guy for them. And you just go down the list of these teams and these players and you could see each team had this player who was like. Who played with a chip on his shoulder almost, and they were the nitty gritty players. They weren't afraid to get in people's faces, get down and get dirty, and do what they needed to do to help their team win by any means necessary. I'm not saying go out there and hurt anyone, but if they needed to get on the floor, get rough for a loose ball, chase down a loose rebound, etc., those were your guys. Those were the guys to do that. You know, take a charge. Um... You know, get you the hard foul that to prevent that layup that could have been the difference in the game, etc. Those are those guys. I think Dennis Rodman and Draymond Green both did that at a high degree in both their careers. But Draymond simply is just the better basketball player. So I have to say Draymond Green in my personal opinion. Now, that being said... Like I said, there's not really much else to talk about in NBA news. LeBron did receive a, an extension today from the Lakers. I believe it was a two-year extension worth $97 million, I believe. I I believe that's what it was. And Honestly, I was surprised because considering the fact that it isn't looking too well for them, I don't know if they can move Russell Westbrook at this point. Not to say Russell Westbrook is a bad player because I personally don't believe he's a bad player, but... I never thought he was a good fit to play with LeBron James. They're two similar of players. Like, not to say that they have the same play style per se, but on a surface level, they're almost the same thing. They're both athletic finishers who can get to the rim at will almost, but neither one of them are knockdown shooters and, and both essentially need the ball to be effective. Jer- LeBron can play off ball better than Russell Westbrook can, But they both essentially are better with the ball in their hands more often than not. So that's why I thought it couldn't work out. And it did work last season. I mean, maybe it was a coaching issue. Maybe it's because they didn't have the right personnel around those two guys. A lot of it can be contributed as well to Anthony Davis being out. Who knows? But at the end of the day... I never was a fan to make this happen. I don't believe they should have made it happen. If I was the Lakers, I would have easily win it got Buddy Hill, but that's not the route they went. It is what it is. So now, you gotta read what you saw. LeBron size an extension, excuse me. LeBron size an extension. Russell Westbrook's there, Anthony Davis, of course, is there. Now you gotta see who you can put around these guys to put them in the best predicament in order to win. Now with that being said, off in the NFL news, because that's gonna be a large portion of the show. We had some preseason football, we have seen the games now. I went through some of the games before. I think it was a Hall of Fame game, I believe. And now I'm going to speak on the preseason one and my, some of my thoughts. First and foremost, let me say this. Let me let me tell you all who who semi surprised me. Not even semi, he did surprise me. I believe his name is Sam Howell, the rookie quarterback for Washington. Carson Woods need to be on the lookout again for another rookie, man. I'm telling y'all now that he showed me something. He made impressive throws and he looked composed in the pocket more so than Scarlett Thompson did for the top Dolphins, who every Dolphin fan wants to rave about his performance. I thought he looked decent. I thought he looked solid. I didn't. I wasn't amazed by anything he did on the field. He looked okay, but Sam Howell, he really showed me something for the Red. I'm serious, for the commanders. He looked poised in the pocket. He's a lot more athletic than I thought. And he threw crisp, precise passes. I'm talking about planted his foot, drove into the passes, and knew exactly where he wanted the ball to go as if it was on a string. I'm not saying Carson Wentz needs to be wary yet because it's preseason, who knows. But at the end of the day, he impressed me. He looked good. I thought he looked good. And some other game thoughts I had. I thought Trevor Lawrence looked good in his first preseason appearance. He looked real nice. It was against the Raiders, nonetheless. He looked good. I thought <clears throat> excuse me. I thought the um the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense looked solid for the most part against the Dolphins. Uh, they gave up a few big plays, but they didn't. their run defense still looks as stout as it was the past two, three years despite the fact that they don't have a Dominican suit anymore. And to top that all off, I simply just looked at some of these games and thought like, man, some of these teams that people were kind of down on going into the season still look good. And one of those teams for me are the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are playing at a level right now that is almost unbelievable because the way they came out f- firing on all cylinders. I'm talking about it look it didn't look as if they lost a step the way they looked and the way they played in that I believe it was one series Patrick Holmes played they look they looked phenomenal and I know I think it was against the if I'm not mistaken it was this I think it was the Seahawks it was either the Seahawks The Broncos, I I could be wrong I'm not sure, I I can't recall The opponents they had right now But the Chiefs looked As if they didn't lose a step, Patrick Mahomes I told people this I wouldn't be surprised if this team To me this team is going to do one of two things They're either not going to make the playoffs Or they're going to Take the lead by storm yet again And this is a team that I would not be Shocked that did just that because I am just a firm believer in Patrick Mahomes I think the dude is legit I don't know what this narrative came about him being what he is because of Tyree Kale, and Travis Kelsey, no. Don't get me wrong. Those two are phenomenal players, but Patrick Mahomes is a different animal, bro. Don't forget, those two were there before he got there. They did not produce nearly the team's success until Patrick Mahomes got into the picture. He matters. He matters. I'm sorry. He matters more than both of them, if you ask me. Now, that being said... It's just a few little other like little gems I took away from the preseason. I thought that for the most part, the Jets looked solid. I, hopefully, Zach Wilson can come back. You know, Week One. I know he suffered a slight. Um, I believe it was a meniscus tear. Either the meniscus or ACL tear. Hopefully, he could come back. They lost Mackai Beckton though. That is terrible. He's one of the better younger tackles in our league. And. If I had to give my expectations on my team right now as it stands for my Miami Dolphins, I w- I'm going a- I'm to say what I said on TikTok. If you don't follow me on TikTok, last word, productions, just like the name of the show. Let me say this I'm not pushing the panic button. I'm not saying people need to start panicking the offensive line. But I will say this. I was a bit troubled out of what I seen from the the three out of our five starters that played against the Buccaneers. Why I was a bit troubled is because I thought they looked solid against second stringers. You don't need to look solid against second stringers. You need to look good, almost great against second stringers. Liam Eichberg had a tough night. He had a, he had a horrible night, if I'm being honest. He... He had a few good plays here and there. But a lot of times, you could tell he was confused by stunts. Having a a left tackle like Teron Armstead, who could help help you out, call out things for you, like a veteran like him, it will help. But he still has to be able to recognize certain things on his own. Because at the end of the day, we all have our own assignments. We all have a, a job to do. So he can't be worried about you every single snap. You have to figure it out. Okay, if this guy's coming to the B gap, this is my guy. Cause you learn this literally. You block from inside out. You block down first and then you worry about outside guys. Cause as we all know, it's quicker it's a direct line to the quarterback, it's quicker than you know a curve. Like it's it's quicker. So it's on you to know and have knowledge of that. So at the end of the day, he has to be better at recognizing certain things. He has to play a better pad level. I think he gets far too high at times. And speaking of getting too high and not playing underneath his pads, Austin Jackson, man. Don't get me wrong. I think he looks better than what he did a year ago. So there's definitely progression occurring right now. So I credit the coaching staff to that because... The years Brian Flores and his staff was here, i, I literally seen Austin Jackson just get worse. I didn't see him get better at all. So I'm going to credit Mike McDaniels and his staff for that. Austin Jackson does look to be playing a bit more technically sound. He plays with some, some sort of leverage now, so I would give him credit for that. But he still needs to play underneath his pass for me. He plays too high. He doesn't really chop his feet He's more of a firm Stand my ground kind of lineman I don't don't want that on my team Because you can get bull rushed By some of the best DNs And edge rushers And linebackers in this league Playing like that And When I think of the possibility of that It it worries me Because Again Two of those guys I just named Are starters You know You're going to have to be able to hold your own You're just going to have to be And if you can't we just stuck right back down the same rabbit hole we were for, for the past decade, nearly. So, it's, to me, it's just about getting that fixed. And one way I feel as if the Dolphins can get that fixed, simply put, I have no idea why J.C. Treder is not on the phone right now with the Dolphins and get a deal. I mean... I heard reports saying that he was asking for too much money, he wants too much conversation, et cetera. If that's the case, if he's looking to be paid around $12, twelve, fifteen million, I say don't do it. He's not he's good, he's better than any center you have in roster right now, but he's not worth twelve or fifteen, twelve million dollar contract per year. Salary, salary, excuse me. If you get him on an eight, ten million dollar deal, like maybe let's say like you get him on a one year kind of prove it deal, worth Eight eight, nine million. I mean, you you can live with that. Cause he fixes the issue you have right now. If you don't want to pay him, you you helped him out by proving he still got it. he probably is can garner the kind of contract he wants. And now you have an entire another offseason to replace him with an actual legitimate center who nine out of ten times could be cheaper if you drive one. All I'm saying is this. If I'm the Dolphins, just be worrisome. Just just be aware of it. Cause Neil Meichenberg, again, did not look good to me. Connor Williams has had snapping issues the entire training camp. I get it. It's a new position. He's never played center at this level. I'm not I'm not saying the dude is terrible, but what I am saying is I think Connor Williams is a better guard than he is a center. That's just me. I don't I know he can get off the ball with aggression and just more down guys that's why they move them to center because they want that kind of center in this system matter of fact they need that kind of center in this system so i don't blame them for that but if you can't get the snap off properly on a consistent basis then none of that after the fact matters because the play is already blown up because it was a it was a poor exchange with the snap so all that is irrelevant if you cannot even get the snap down. That All that other stuff is irrelevant. But at the end of the day, if I'm the Dolphins, I'm calling to J.C. Tread. I'm saying if we can get some kind of team-friendly and player deal worked out, you know, we can't give you this right now, but if you come in here, you show us you got what it takes, maybe we can get this the next season. Maybe we can talk about a, an extension. If he's willing to better himself, I'm willing to bet he'll take the contract. But we got to see first. And in other NFL news, as we all know, Roquan Smith is actually on the trade block. He actually had a bit of a, I would to say confrontational, but it was a bit of a messy situation with the GM and the front office of the Bears. You know, they have a new regime, new head coach, new GM, etc. cetera. They... Are not looking to pay Roquan Smith what he feels as if he has garnered or the you know has earned. Listen, Roquan Smith is a two-time all-pro. This is a young guy who has a hundred plus tackles in every season he's been in the league. He's been in the league, I believe, four years going on five years, because he got drafted in 2018. This is a guy who this past season had over a hundred and sixty tackles. He had specifically 163 tackles. This is a guy that has at least two to two and a half, three sacks a season. This is a guy that can play in coverage zone. He can defend one-on-one against tight ends. This is a legitimate all-pro young linebacker inside linebacker who can control. And set your defense up for success in his prime as we speak. Approaching his prime. These, these next four or five years will arguably be the best years of his career. This dude needs to be picked up and extended because he deserves it. I mean, you got guys like... no. Let me say this first. There's no disrespect to any guys I'm about to name. None at all. You got guys like Zach Cunningham, Jerome Baker. Who was uh? I mean Leonard. I mean not Darius. I mean Darius Leonard is a good linebacker, but I don't think he's Roquan Smith. I think they both are. I think I think it's it's interchangeable between them two. You can argue for either side, but all I'm saying is this: Jerome Baker and Zach Cunningham are making both are each making almost fifteen million a season. Fifteen million. all due respect to both of those guys. They don't hold a candle to what Roquan Smith is. They don't, they can't even come close to being what he is. In terms of the individual player, they're nowhere near him. So if he if he sees the market, right now the highest paid linebacker is um Leonard for the Colts. I believe he's making almost 20 million, so probably 19.5, 19 million. If he sees that and you're telling him, you're not good enough to get that kind of contract. You need something in like the 10 to 12 range. Of course he's going to want to leave. Because, bro, Bobby Wagner just got a bag. And he's he's probably a two or three years away from retiring. You know, guys like Eric Kendricks and things of that nature. He is better than these guys. And they're getting paid the 10 to $8 million range. He's better than that. He deserves better than that. If I'm the team right now. And I'm in desperate need for an inside linebacker. I'm calling Chicago right now to get Raquan Smith. Whatever you want, you can take him. You're you're not finding that, you're not finding this kind of talent at his position just easily or matter of fact, it's not even seldomly. It's rarely you draft a guy as an inside linebacker as a first round pick and he just off the bat, boom, is an all-pro. It's it's rare. I mean, I know we look at these guys and say it can happen, but how often does it happen? I mean, who you wanna name? Fred Warner? I mean, who else? It's it's insane, it's insanity to me, man. And there are three teams that come to mind when I think of they need to get a phone right now for this dude. First and foremost, the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs have nothing to lose. You you have your team. You you're not a a heavy drafted team, so you have the assets to go out and get this dude because you got a lot of draft capital from the trade Tyreek Hill. Excuse me, trade. You the cap space isn't terrible, and by the way, the cap the cap hits and the um. The cap situation, all oh, that's BS. We all know it is. The Saints literally were like eighty million in cap, and they went out and side. Tyron Matthew, who was the most sought out, probably the most sought out defensive player in free agency. I'm not worried about cap space. If I'm any NBA, not NBA, NFL owner, I'm not worried about cap space, not at all. But with that being said, they have the picks. They have a win now team. Why not go get a win now inside linebacker that was significantly. Improve your front seven and your overall defense. If I'm the Chiefs, I don't hesitate to pick up the phone and call about them. I don't. My second team I have in mind, this, and this may shock some people because, you know, I'm a Dolphin fan, but I have to say doing the New England Patriots. To me, in my personal opinion, Dante Hightower best years is past him. They need a replacement for him And Dante Hightower, what he was to that team Is so significant and important To the point that they lose that They lose that talent This is a team that with a t- a Once upon a time, really good defense Can become below average Or at best average They already lost J.C. Jackson You already lost Stephon Gilmore two years ago You You know, you're down to Mediocre cornerbacks And you're down to young safety play because McCordy, he he's done I mean he he may he may play at a good enough level but he's done for the most part all I'm saying is this you got an agent defense and you got a young guy quarterback who is going to need a good defense in order to help him succeed the best way he can how you do that what's the first step of getting a good defense together you get a leader who can be that just that a leader and productive player Roquan Smith is that So if I'm the Patriots I pick up the phone for him too you know, And then worst case scenario you, you trade for him You got a problem with Whether or not you going to play him or Dante Hightower Inside Hint. That's a good problem Now Dante Hightower becomes expendable Maybe you can trade him for a late 4th Or late 5th You know, Get some more trade value Get something else or you can offer him in the Chicago Bears trade. Who knows? I'm I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying. And lastly, this one should be obvious to you all, but the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins haven't had elite linebacker play in God knows how long. I don't care about Jerome Baker's tackles. It's cool. Tackles are important. But Jerome Baker, simply put, is not the pass coverage linebacker that he was, you know, advertised to be. He gets beat a lot in one-on-one situations. He's not the best in zone. He's a good blitzer. If he does anything at an elite level or a great level, he is a really good blitzer from his position. He's a great blitzer from linebacker. But outside of that, he's not that really elite or great at anything else. I mean, he's not even really a good tackler because the Dolphins issue, right, one of the issues we've had, and we've actually seen this in the preseason as well, they're, they're not a good tackling team. This is a team that does not tackle good and has not tackled good for the past three, four years now. And I just think that cannot keep happening And for you to expect to be a playoff team. Got to fix it. First thing you can do, go out and get a guy who is a tackling machine and who can make the guaranteed short tackles. Roquan Smith is that guy. You put him alongside young young guy, Jerome Baker and a young young sunflower, Channing Tindall. You had a young core that's pretty damn good. I mean, Jerome Baker is, I believe, approaching year five, if not year year five, year six. Then you had Channing Tindall who's a rookie. We put him alongside Roquan Smith who was going into year five. You had a linebacker core for the next at least four four years at least I mean I'm willing to bet on that and then you got one of the better inside linebackers period to go along with your secondary I'm sorry I I don't I'm more for it than against it I know a lot of people say oh well they'll have to give up too much what are they giving what are they giving up draft picks you haven't drafted well in eons your last notable legit draft pick that was a hit has looked like Javon Holland. I mean, you say Raekwon Davis as well, but I mean, are we serious right now? Raquan Davis was a, a good pick, don't get me wrong, but he isn't necessarily a guy that you're going to sit there and say, this guy is making or breaking our team. No, he's not. Because even with Raekwon Davis on this roster, you still have one of the... More so par run defenses. You still have one of one of the more so par pass on um, pass rushing defenses. Outside of blitzing or sending some exotic looks, we couldn't get out of the quarterback with a regular front four. We couldn't do it. So all I'm saying is this. Go out and get proven talent sometimes, man. You got you gotta go get proven talent sometimes. You got to. I know they went out and got like, Tarant Armstead, Tyree Kev, etc. You also went out and got Carter Williams, a guy who was essentially benched the last couple games for the Cowboys. You, you went out and got Cedric Wilson, a guy who had one pretty good season. Just one. He young too, but it was just one season. All I'm saying is this, man. like, Go out and get the talent that's going to help you win and be where you want to be. And if Roquan Smith doesn't help you do that, I don't, I don't know what the hell we're doing. And I'm not saying they need to absolutely Trade for him because If the cost is too much it's just too much It is what it is but at the end of the day If the Bears were to say Okay we want Preston Williams, Mike Gazecki, A second Maybe a first A, a first or a second and, a, and two lower picks Like a fifth and a A fifth and a seven or something like that How do you not, how you do not Take that deal you're you're giving a you're giving an all pro up for a guy Mike Gazeki who, in my personal opinion, I've said this before, nine out of ten times, he's not being extended. He's not. He's not getting an extension from the Dolphins. He's not. I truly in my whole heart believe he's not. Preston Williams, a guy who very well is on the trade block and may not make this team, you the only, only valuable thing you would possibly be giving up is a high pick. And I can live with that. Because that pick will be made into giving me Roquan Smith. I can live with that. That's cool with me. I'm good with that. But that's that's my thoughts, man, in the NFL. Everything going on in the league right now. You know, We, I am excited for football to be back as many other people are. Man, I can't wait for the regular season to start. There's a lot of teams that I'm excited to watch play, not just my team. But let's get into the fan Q&A, guys. Let me go ahead and get this pulled up really fast. Y'all give me one second. I got to pull up on Facebook. Oh, uh, man. My apologies, guys. I I thought I was logged in. Turns out I wasn't. Here we go, right here. All right, guys. So this first question comes from a man, Carl Williams, personal friend of mine. Man, love him. He said, "How do you feel about the Tool critics?" Well, for starters, let me say this: I have no problem with, with Tool criticism because I've been critical of Tool. I have. I've said things like he needs to be better. I'm not gonna continue make excuses for him. I don't, I don't want to hear excuses about the O-line all the time. I don't want to hear excuses about the receivers. At the end of the day, you're drafted fifth overall to make these dudes better. Not to solely depend on them to make you better. It has to be an even exchange. At some point, he has to make them better. So I don't have a problem with two of critics. But I do have a problem when people tell me this dude simply cannot play football. That, to me is disingenuous and is straight up of wrong I think this dude can play I think he hasn't done himself many favors these past two years but at the end of the day this is a guy who has the talent I'm not saying he's the most talented in the world he's not but he has talent he has an act for getting the ball out of his hands quick and making crisp precise throws all he needed was a true number one receiver, and I said that since last year, Devontae Parker is not a number one. He's at best a two. I said I will forever say that about Devontae Parker. He's not a one. He's a two. I said this about Jalen Waddle. He's not a one. He's a two. He's a be- he's a better one option than Parker is, but he's not a t- he's not a natural one. He is a two. They wouldn't got a, a proven stud one, put Waddle at two, and when they got another even more. And Cedric Wilson? We are gonna see the credits. If if he if he does not look up to par this season, then there's nothing else to be said. We know what he is. His next question comes from Mark Carey He says, "How do you feel about the Steelers' quarterback situation after the first preseason game?" Honestly, I have not changed my opinion at all. I mean, it's, it's preseason. I'm I'm not gonna overreact or make it seem as if <coughs> you know. My Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett has now changed my perspectives on them. I think Kenny Pickett is bad. I don't think he's good. I think he's okay at best. Mitch Trubisky, I've told people since he was drafted, he was terrible. If, if the Steelers are truly dependent on one of those guys panning out and hopefully competing in a loaded AFC AFC. They better pray to God their defense is nearly as good as the Bears was when they went to the playoffs with Mitch. Because that's the only way I see it working out. Next question comes from Kevin Wade. He says, takeaways from week one of preseason. Now, I actually went through a lot of this. So, if you just listen to the you know, the first couple minutes of my football taste, my boy, you definitely are here. But one just refreshing. I'm telling you all now. Keep an eye on Sam Howell, man. The, the rookie quarterback for the Commanders. Keep an eye on him. Next question came from J. Jack Sanchez. How many games will Watson serve? How I was looking right now, and I actually didn't speak on this. How I was looking right now, he may be suspended for the whole season. Right now, he's, he's suspended for the six, as we know. But the appeal for the NFL and Roger Goodell is looking like they want to get him suspended for the entire season. I'm not sure if that's going to go through or not. We'll see. But if I had to give a guess, I think that he gets suspended for 10 games. I think he misses out on 10 games. I think they reach some kind of common ground, and he misses the majority of the season. I can see that playing out that way. Next question comes from Buford Bartholomew. Prediction of the Giants season. The Giants are going to be bad, bro. I'm sorry. They're going to be bad. Daniel Jones. If... If I had to predict one thing the Giants needed to get right from this season, they don't need to worry about making playoffs. They don't need to worry about competing, contending. They need to be worried about, is Dave Jones our guy? Like, what? what is his ceiling and what can we get out of him? And if that is not much more than what he has done already, then it's time to let it go. I'm not in the. I'm not one of those guys who believe in giving quarterbacks four or five years to develop and letting them. Be. No, man. This is a business, and this is a business where results matter. Period. You got to be able to produce wins in this business to keep a job. If Daniel Jones can't do that, then simply put, it's time to move on. If I'm the, if I'm the Giants, that's what I'm going into this season thinking. I'm not thinking about wins or losses per se. I'm thinking about. How does Dave Jones look, and how good does he make our How much better does he make our team? Next question comes from Van Velsing. He said, most underrated NFL rookie, which NFL team will surprise everyone, and which contender is actually a pretender? All right, good question. So, most underrated NFL rookie, I think I already answered this. My, Sam Howe, I think he's a guy that really is under the radar. I think people need to. I was really impressed when I seen out of him, man. I'm just keeping a buck with y'all. I I was really impressed when I seen out of Sam Howe for the Commanders. But if I had to go with someone who's going to be like an immediate, an immediate contributor, like week one type deal, I'ma have to go with man, it's, it's I wouldn't even say this guy's underrated, but I think he's going to steal this job. And I have to go with Malik Willis because I, what I see from him out of the preseason, I thought he would flashed things that Tannehill Civic cannot do. And I think by week four, I think there will be a change at quarterback and Tannehill will lose the job that he's tried so desperately and hard to just keep his grasp. But yeah, man, that's that's my underrated rookie. Which NFL team would surprise everyone? The Lions. I said this from jump street. The Lions will be a playoff team. Do not be shocked when that happens. The Lions have I I went through this in my last podcast. The Lions have young, real good stud receivers, Jameson Williams, they got Amon St. Brown. They got two really good young corners. The one who I believe he was second in the in, led the league interceptions last year, I believe. I, I cannot pronounce his name, so I'm sorry guys, I won't try to say it. And Jeff Okuda coming back off injury, who by all accounts and by all reports from camp has been looking like a stud. And I believe they have one of the better offensive lines in the league. They 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 truly do. You would really have got Glass glove from the from the Broncos. Um you got Pene for a steal, basically. And then they have an, oh my goodness, his, his name forsakes me right now. They have three really good linemen, though, really good linemen. So, like I said, do not be shocked that they made the playoffs, because all they need Jared, Jared Goff to, to be is serviceable, which he can be. He showed that. he's went to a Super Bowl because he was serviceable. That's all I'm saying. Alright, so the last question was which contender is actually a pretender? Now this is a good question. If I had to pick one contender that I think is a pretender, this may shock a lot of people because I am high on this dude, are the Chargers. And the reason I say the Chargers and the reason I say that may shock people because people know I'm high on Justin Herbert. I have to see him be able to go up against the teams who he's going to play once postseason comes. He has not looked amazing against playoff caliber teams on a consistent enough basis. And the issue I have with that is because it's not because it's just a small job i play. It's it's a night to day difference. He looked horrible against the Patriots, looked horrible against the Ravens, he looked horrible against the Dolphins that when we played his rookie season. He does not play exceptionally well against the Chiefs. I mean, he plays okay, but he doesn't play exceptionally well. And considering the fact they don't even have a top defense is concerning. And I just don't know how it would pan out against a consistent team that is just as talented as you. So we'll see. And his last question comes from Ryan Heck. Top three rookie defensive players with week one preseason. Top three. Uh. Oh mm. uh, man, that's kind of tough. For I mean, if I had to give you an answer right now, I believe the best defensive rookie player is Sauce. Excuse me. I believe it is Sauce Gardner. I thought he was the best. Def- I thought he was the best player in this draft. So. He's got to be my one for me Even I don't even believe he played But even if he didn't play That dude is a stud I don't I don't care how anyone feels about that Then I'm going to have to go with Chase on. I was impressed when I seen out of him He didn't show like Absurd Like just Godly like ability and talent But he looked good I I will say that he looked good And if I had to choose the last one Hmm Trying to think back to all the games I watched And the rookies I seen I wasn't too much impressed with Kyle Hamilton From what I seen from him But He did make some plays In that offseason I mean obviously preseason game Well, he, he looked good so I'm going to go with him So those are my three guys right there But That's it for the show today guys Thank you all for tuning in to the show once again. And make sure if you want to ask me questions, be sure to keep a lookout on my Facebook and also on my YouTube, where I upload the Q and A every Monday. If you want to ask a question, log on to there, log on to those platforms, and go ahead and shoot me whatever you got. But thank you all again for tuning in. Be sure to follow me on all platforms. Last Word Productions. I'm on TikTok, Facebook. Twitter, Instagram, etc. I'll see y'all in the next one, man.